Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. So my name is Ifoma Wakalo. I mean, you know Uchechi. Um, <laughs> and I head Tribe Urban, so Tribe Communications at the Tribe Lagos. And we're really excited to have you today on our little show. And so the aim of our show today is to speak about the pillars of Christian growth. And we have four that we're highlighting, community, service, prayer, and... Ooh, I forgot the last one. But this episode is about... Ouch. Sorry? <laughs> you said you forgot the last one. I was like, okay, ouch. It's <laughs> fine. It's just an informal, free-flowing podcast. So, yeah. Yeah. Community prayer. What's the last one with GTA? Community prayer. Service. Where's the last one? There's another P. Mm. Oh, sorry. The word. It's not a P. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, yeah. So those are the four pillars that we're speaking on. So that's community and service. Prayer and the word. Prayer and the word. Okay. Yeah. But more specifically for you today, um, we want to talk about service. Um, because we know about your work and um what you're doing with the Electoral College. Um, first of all, like if I'm rightly said, I'm Uchechi, we're both co-hosting this podcast session so thank you for honoring our invitation and um, we're glad to have you um so before we kick off would want to at least the listeners to get to know you better um they've heard your name mr kuni lawal so who is mr kuni lawal and what do you do ouch um <laughs> i think one of the hardest things i've ever tried to do in this life is to describe myself but i'll attempt this for this podcast so um my name is kune lawal um i'm a nigerian um i was raised in um well traveled to different parts of the country um i love my country i love god i sign things for god and country um i work within the governance space um handling um i would not say i'm a governance consultant but kind of like handling politics and governance in the same bracket um and the need for improving such parameters you know, especially in a country where you know we actually are emotional about politics instead of dealing with the right issues um what else um uh i am um, of course i kind of like chess, my hobbies. I kind of like chess a lot of video games. Um, I'm a very detribalized Nigerian. That's because I see everything from different perspectives. Um, I, well, I would think I naturally just, you know, are one of those that's really trying to make sure they bind the unity of the most populous nation. I think that's where I'll stop. <laughs> I can't define myself. That's something I feel that. <laughs> okay. Um, awesome. So, right. Mr. Cool. of love country, love people. Sorry, love God, love country. Um, 
So I guess that's the good place to start. So Chichi, do you want to start or you'd like me to? Okay. So that's a good place to start. So our first question, or my first question today, is um, what is service? Like, in a Christian point of view, in your life, what have you found service to be? So, um, you know, um, most people define service from the perspective of, you know, doing things when everybody's looking. I rather define service as those acts that <clears throat> that are sometimes excuse me that are sometimes consciously or unconsciously done mm-hmm. to to um give back to something you hold dear to your heart now this could be a community this could be a particular vocation you love or something else but you know for me i'd rather use my definition from what you do when no one is looking. Most people assume services, you know, what you do publicly, that you're such a great, you know, you're such a great giver when everybody's looking, but what really happens when no one is looking? And for me, I feel that's when, you know, our father, God, of course, looks looks at us and says, you know, maybe that's when he make it, makes the judgment that, um, Okay, this one is in it for service, and this one is in it for the show. So sometimes service is a show, especially coming from the country we are in. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I just like I said, my definition is premised on the fact things that you do when no one is looking. Mm, okay, that Would you have you? no benefits. Okay, sorry, I'm not sure you guys can hear me. Can you hear me? We can hear no, you now. Oh, awesome. I was speaking earlier and I, I didn't think you could hear me. Um, thank you so much, Mr. Kunli, for that um, definition. Um, obviously, you know, we're all Christians and service is something that um, we we talk about or we get involved in. And in, in a Christian con- context, right? Um, I mean, growing up when people uh, talked about service, it was always about getting involved in church either you're in choir or you're in some service unit you know that was what service sort of meant that you were very active in church but um now we've come to realize obviously that there's a larger picture to what is required of us and you know as christians we're called to live out our lives outside the four walls of the church we're called to you know in our careers in our families um what service looks like is a lot larger than, you know, just being um, in church. I mean, the the service context in church is definitely important, but it doesn't stop there. It, It goes on further to our daily lives. And I mean, in your capacity as, um, um, someone who is really pushing for uh, proper governance and, um, politracy in, in, in the country. Um, so sort of what, what's, would I say what would what would be your key driving factors? Um, because I know that a lot of things you do are thank thankless thankless jobs. <laughs> Sorry, that's we don't become twister. Thankless jobs, right? <laughs> you don't get paid necessarily. You don't get um, I don't know recognized to the to to the extent that you really should be you know it's it's something that a lot of times it goes under the radar but you still do it so i I want to ask you what really is your motivation 
to um, want to see a change in your country or your community? What what motivates you to want to serve in that capacity? Okay, I think um, the first thing is that um, I have I have five year old son. His name is David, mm-hmm. and I'm scared of him asking me at age eighteen, Dad, when Nigeria was going haywire, what did you do? I think that's what scares me the most. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> where it gets back the most. <laughs> so, so, I don't want to I don't tell him. Uh, uh, we just like watched, or we could have averted it. But uh, daddy was busy trying to get your school fees or something. I, I, I don't want. I don't want to look at him and say that. So I'll say that's my biggest motivation for me. But you know, there are also other factors, and the fact that um, this country has so much potential. Another point that I think pushes me is something that I understand that most people haven't come to to terms with. So, mm-hmm. like, Af- Nigeria is the most populous black nation in the world. Mm-hmm. So, if Nigeria fails, it means the entire black race has failed. The majority fails, that's true. So, I understand from that perspective. No one was called to earth to fail. <laughs> Be it any race. God has given us dominion over everything. Not some, not part. Everything mm-hmm. on earth. So, I think it comes from a perspective from the need to take dominion over everything that exists. Hmm. Hmm? On that, an interesting point. There's this scripture in Corinthians, right, that says, um, it's 2 Corinthians 6, 11 to 13, message version, right? And Hmm. it says that... um, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide, spacious life. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'll speak as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. And it just reminds me that a lot of times people don't act because they actually feel small. You know, we talk a lot about dominion in the Christian space, but in in a lot of people's daily lives, that is not the case. And they end up living very small lives, so they can't even envision on the reality that they are fighting for something bigger than themselves. Mm. Yeah, you know, one of the things I think I've always said is that you can't ascend the throne that you've not seen yourself sit on. Mm. And I've realized, because I think growing up, I was told, I, I remember, my mom always says this to me till now, that when I was like six or seven, that I used to see all the newscasters on TV, and I used to say, I used to tell her, mommy, I'll be on TV and I'll speak better than these guys. My mom used to be, what do you know that you're going to speak better than this guy? And I was saying, I'm <laughs> Lawa. My mom always used to laugh about it. Because, number one, why it was a contradiction to her is that I, was, I used to be a very shy kid. What you know today, Kunde speaking publicly and stuff, ah, if you gaze of who I was. So I used to be a very shy kid. I couldn't talk out. 
I only spoke when I was with my friends. I didn't used to talk naturally. I read a lot of books. There's nothing politically, if you track me, pre-2015. Because 2015, I came into the game. I've amassed a lot in that time. But I'll say something. Because I had adapted it in my spirit that one day I was going to be great or one day I was going to matter or one day I was going to dictate what people thought. I was building myself. Yep. When you, when you accept something in your heart, even if it doesn't seem like the universe understands or it doesn't seem like the universe is showing where you're going to. And I'll tell you something. I was born to, you know, university lecturer. So imagine how far it is for me to be on national TV or international TV. It's massive. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I, I look at it and, you know, I always felt, and once you start that and you accept within your spirit, your spirit starts to build you. Your Holy Spirit starts to build you. And then when it happens, and remember, this is all, you know, building. When it happens, it will be seamless. I don't mm-hmm. think before I go on TV, I don't, you know why? I've done yeah. the work a long time ago. The work has been done. The Holy Spirit has put that thing in me. I know what I'm going to talk about. I know where I'm headed. I know where I'm going to go. It's like before I picked this call, I'll tell you I was in a call with a friend and then when it was 12 o'clock, I jumped on this call. I didn't think about it. And it comes naturally to you when you have understood where you're going in life. So like I was saying, you can ascend the throne that you haven't dreamt you would sit on. Once you start to dream, your spirit starts, the Holy Spirit starts to build you. To who you're supposed to. So the universe wouldn't open for you, except you have seen it. So Christians might say, dominion, uh, everything. Uh, but guess what? You haven't seen themselves on the throne. And if you have not seen yourself on the throne, you can ascend it. Mm. And you also must understand time and chance. And I always give an example. So David was already anointed king of Israel, but he was serving Paul. Saul, sorry, was serving Saul. And he served Saul. And Saul threw a spear at him one day, he was playing the harp. If David were Nigerian, I can tell you what David would have said. David would have said, if threw the spear, he would just say, David, you just turned around to say, you know what? I'm already anointed king. You are the past and the future, man. And then add something, Sorosuke, hashtag, something. <laughs> but, but, when you understand where you're going, and you understand time, chance, opportunity, and the build this, the Holy Spirit is performing in your life, you wouldn't say such things. Because that throne you mock, you also cannot attend. Mm-hmm. But then where does, where does critique come? Because, well, you're not mocking us, but you can't help but call out what you see. I think... I think just to um, answer Ifoma, I think um, because a lot of times we talk about criticism and all of that, and to be honest, being a student of um, the Electoral College and having graduated and just, you know, having knowledge of what really is 
as opposed to what it appears to be, right? So, for instance, people say, oh, my local government chairman is not doing anything. Why is he not? No, sorry, my state's, my state's um, governor is not constructing rules. There's, things are poor. But it's like, what's the role of the state governor and what's the role of the federal um federal government what's the role of the local government chairman i i, I was in a class one time and someone was asking um mr kunle I, I believe about um why um is it why the executive does not do something something or change the laws or make the laws or something funny well in in, in reality if you really look into it uh, i mean if i'm a lawyer as well there are roles and there there are um roles um segmented for a purpose right so the executive cannot automatically do what the legislative legislative ought to do so it's also a thing of being properly informed mm -hmm. so before you criticize understand seek first to understand um seek first to 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 know then your criticism would carry more weight and you'll be better informed to channel it to the right right source because people just like nigerians we know how to talk we know how to just like spaz out and just go on a rant but when you really look at it critically the people who know are like mm, before you can do this you need to do a referendum before you can do this you can't just call out your president you need their processes to it but we really don't look sit down to you know analyze this process we just want to spaz out but i i understand what you mean you know there's a place for criticism there's a place for opposition there's a place for i mean opposition in a sense helps people it's it, it's it's you know challenges mm -hmm. to do better right there's a place for it but we also need to be informed and participate i mean this is not a political talk obviously but in terms of yeah services, yeah i'm wondering you know i'm watching who the politician is i want to say oh god i've turned i've turned to see to a closet politician okay so just flowing from what um, the scripture you former read in in book of corinthians i mean there's also a similar scripture where paul was addressing um the corinthians and he was saying um whatever you do um eat or drink or whatever you do do it all to the glory of god and when i look at the scripture what comes to mind is is the freedom that that is available to the christian um to a christian right so whatever you do do it to the glory of god it doesn't matter if um you're in an industry that maybe is perceived as you know pagans there are so many people here that you know do not believe in god because that's also a conversation right can christians go into say the music industry the entertainment industry the fashion industry and how can you thrive in that environment and still proclaim yourself to be a christian i mean talking about politics we all know about different stories that we hear about how you know that kingdom is is like crazy so mr Kuni, how how do you um bring in your beliefs as a christian uh, and how do you marry it with you know how you know crazy and uh, i don't know how do you navigate you know one of, one of the key things i think this is, this is a question that you know most christians are like what politics that's so unchristian and you yeah. know I, I look at everyone and i'm like why why is it so unchristian why is it so unchristian so navigating the space 
I'll tell you, um, I probably have learned from a lot. You know, I learned a lot from a lot of people that, you know, were there before me. And um, I've seen a lot from a lot of people that were there before me. Um, I remember when, you know, the Electoral College started and, you know, and I thought this was a great idea. And and I was like, yeah, I could change politics in Nigeria. This is that, that. And, you know, I was putting in the work. I was just trying to help explain how I navigate the system. I was putting in the work. But, you know, one day, you know, just sitting down and, I, and, you know, I think the spirit ministered to me and I gave you an idea. Yes, an idea for Nigeria. But you haven't taken it to my house. I was like, which house again? No, it's not Nigeria. What is it now? I was doing this guy. So, you know, you haven't taken it to the church. I was like, the church won't listen. And you know the answer I got? I told you that's your job. <laughs> and to the glory of everything, I've been flown to Joss by Equa. This is a podcast, okay? So let me watch what I'm about to say. So I'll say Equa is like the, you know, that cousin that's, you know, always having laundered trousers and, and shirts, fast shirts to church on Sunday. You don't cross the boundary, guy. But to be invited by them shows God's magnificence. So the truth is always carry the spirit of God. Do what's, do what's, do what's right by, by the scriptures. Most of all, do what's right by your country. Everything else will follow. You know, most people look at it, and I'll tell you something that's common. Most people say, ah, the vice president is, is Christian. He's a pastor. And it seems, it seems he's trying to alter. He's working with northerners. You know, you southerners now. Yeah, I'll say that. I'm a northerner. Forget my name is Kune. So, um, you say all that stuff. I'll tell you something. If you only knew what the vice president was stopping, you will not say what you say. So this government, I'm not saying the government is bad before they start chasing me gone, but it could be better. But if you knew what the vice president was averting, you will never say what you have to say. I've learned that Christians within governance work a, a lot of stuff, but the greatest work they do is even averting the devil's kingdom coming to pass. Uh, by some laws, by some stuff. But one thing in Nigeria that we don't acknowledge is that in what may seem inaction to our eyes, it's a lot of action in the spirit. Uh, and that inability to understand that in action makes us think some people are doing nothing. Uh, I'll tell you, within governance, I've walked within governance, I have friends and the House of Reps, State House of Assembly, people that are close to God, people that have not taken one and are stolen from this country and they're striving and trying. Yes, the system they are up against is the wall of Jericho. We might have to march around it 10 times before it falls down, but it will fall down. And as long as you carry that in your spirit, that one day this wall will fall, You might not see the work a lot of people do. So navigating this space, I think as long as God in your heart, love for the people, regardless of what everybody will say, 
and be true to your conscience. Yes, just be true. Just regardless. I, I, I've, I had, I've had situations people have called me, people have called me atheists, people have called me, um, people have, if there's nothing you don't say, on Christian, like, when you perish in hell, it's, it comes with territory, I beg. You understand? Let them talk now. <laughs> so please let them talk. It happens. I cannot, I cannot, I'm not, and this is not me making a case for Sibanjo. This, this is just me understanding the way the system works. And I know how many things people, to try to stop things. Like, maybe I'll give an example. Maybe, uh, they were to increase, um, Electricity tariff, 15 naira. And he was part of those that brought it down and ensured, yeah, the government still increased. But he stood for the people and fought for it to come to a conducive price. But you will never see that. Because what you're choosing to see, it's also, and I, 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 yeah, I also, you know, query Christians on this. We don't understand, but we want to engage. So what we only can see is what the limitation of our impoverished minds are. Can't see beyond that. Hmm. It's interesting that you said um, you have to do right by your own conscience because we know that one man's conscience is different from another. So you always look um, a bit skewed from the outside. Um, and that's just an interesting, it's an interesting point of view. I think I'll sit on that. Um, uh, I'd, I'd like to give an example to portray that. So, so there was a time we we're caught up as, and then I was PA to the Minister of Women Affairs and we we're caught up between, um, the first lady bringing 500 million, uh, wanting 500 million for rappers to go for a part for women, for a particular project. And then the cohabitation of female and male prisons, yeah, female and male prisoners, Yola prison. And the only way we could get that thing to pass was to accept the 500 million naira rapper deal <laughs> at the same time. So I'm going to ask you a question. If you were in governance, will you say the 500 million rappers is bad? As a Christian, man, I know they're going to chop this money. I'm going to stop it. Okay, yeah, great. You stop it. Well, let's remember that men and women are still put in the same cell in Adama. Can you live with that? I mean, the answer is no. <laughs> so what do you do? And they'll say, ah, Kunde, well, the news that will come out publicly. Ah, Kunde put his hand to support 500 million for rappers. Kunde is a thief. <laughs> but the underlining news, which nobody knows, is that that was signed so that 9 million separate male and female prisoners in Yola was achieved. But you know the good thing about the devil is he loves noise. You know, he's always running around and making noise like he had this. So is that 500 million naira Kunle supported? Hey, to be everywhere on paper. I'm sure OGT will just join and Kunle and Kim. There was no hashtag there. Hashtag and Kunle has <laughs> up and down. But you see, at that point, I had to make a choice. And that choice was made. 500 million, they're always still in this country, whether I stop or I don't stop, or I couldn't, I could avert or I couldn't avert. But what mattered was that from that day in 2010, 
from that year, say month, sorry, in 2010, you that prisons didn't have to put female and male prisoners in one cell. And that was the win. Forget the cost. And these are the choices you have to make in situations in governance constantly. I guess it was sometimes when you think about service, we don't think about it in the eyes of hard decisions. We don't think about it in the Daniel, sorry, the Daniel point of view as well. When he was a magician and he was still um, on his knees to go and doing things we probably would not agree with <laughs> as well. Um, well, to, to wrap up on this point, though. I'm getting the feeling that you know service is multifaceted and whatever you do, just do it well. Right? Be convicted about it, have a vision for what you're doing, and collaborate with God. Would that be right to say? Yeah, of course. You know, sometimes even in the face of um adver ad highest adversity chaos there's organization spirit there's always organization in chaos really? i think i think i think what we've been unable to see as christians is that opportunity so i'll tell you many christians ah i'm checking out nigeria is not the place for me i'm going to make it in canada i'm going to make it in us i'm going to jackpa what other slang they use funny slang <laughs> but i'll tell you something because of the chaos going on in Nigeria is why fintech companies make so much money. Because we haven't even balanced a lot of things. They're not right. In, thing, in a place where so many things are not right is where you could make the actual change. This is where we could be Christian. This is where all of us could be Samson, you know, pulling down different pillars. But because we don't have that understanding, they rather choose a defeatist position. Now, I'm not saying going to Canada is bad. I'm not saying traveling abroad is bad. But we must also understand our callings as Christians. You are called to stand. Yeah, you you can stand in Canada, you can stand in Nigeria, you can stand in different places. But the point is, do you know where exactly you are called to stand? That's a question I ask most people. You know, most people say, Akuni, man, governance is so, man, this guy is so blessed. The constitution, man, this guy has, I just look at them, it's a scam. Man, this thing is natural. <laughs> the only thing I that I've done, the only thing I think I've acknowledged is that I asked God to show me where I was supposed to be. And this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm. Nowhere else. I'm not doing something that I'm not supposed to be doing. I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. So it's not, you know, the fancy titles, man, especially, man, in Lagos, man, I've had so many job descriptions. Damn, <laughs> you guys are good. We <laughs> should have a nice way of saying things. Yeah. So, I've had many job descriptions. But the truth is, I think Christians, where Christians miss it, and where... We probably do not have a Christian precedent. It's a fact we don't know who we are. I think mm. that's the real problem. We don't know who we are. Everybody says, ah, I'm president. That's your vision. 
Okay, you're president. Cool. How long have you thought you were president? Those are the kind of questions we should ask. No president is made. Presidents think they are presidents from the day they are 10 or 11. Ask any president. Interview any one of them. It doesn't just happen. Forget, forget the stories you see. That is, that is God and, you know, everything else, factors within the universe conspiring to ensure that what you have said in your mind, God's now. God breath, his own breath into us. What we say will happen here will happen. But Christians are too shaky and they too they change mind. So I'll give you an example. Saturday, you, you listen to this word on TV. You now say, Hey, yes, God, my business is going to open. Tomorrow, you now hear another pastor on Sunday. You now say, Ha, yes, God, ha, I'm going to start a, a new financial company. Which one? Make up your mind now. Why? <laughs> <laughs> every preaching is not for you we need to understand that as christians every preaching is not for you every preaching is not for you every preaching is not for you everything is not for you everything is specified for someone it's not necessarily you yeah and we need to get to that point yeah that's so good thank you so much Stanley. i mean this has been this has taken a different one but a very good one as well <laughs> oh <laughs> wait, yeah uchichi yeah. you're surprised yeah please don't speak I'm, politics I'm and governors he has, he has never decided to go into the realm of the spirits okay it's okay i understand you actually did delve into it I guess in a different perspective because at the end of the day we want to talk about we want to broaden the understanding of service like it's amazing if you feel called and fulfilled serving in church there's a place for that and there are people for that but if your passions take you elsewhere we want to give people permission to do that to thrive where they are and in whatever they're doing as far as they know they should be there um so thank you for such a great session. Uchechi, you can take us home. Yes. Um, I mean, this has been really good. And thank you again, Mr. Kunli. Um, again, this is our podcast. It's for everyone to listen to. So please share and comment and let everyone hear about it. Um, okay. Yeah, I think you'd like to connect with Kunli Lawao. Uchechi, give them his details. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, you can just Google Kulilao and you see <laughs> fantastic things. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Kunli, and signing off. Bye. See you next week. Bye. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.